Sound codes. Hello, my wonderful friends. Uh, Joseph Ellen here. I'm going to teach you on sound codes. This is a prophetic code. Now, ladies and gentlemen, God speaks through sound. So in this season, I'll be focusing on prophetic codes. And this is going to be the first episode out of very many episodes that will clarify for you concerning the voice of God. Now, I get asked often by lots of people about how God talks. People want to hear the voice of God and they want to hear the voice of God for themselves. And I want to make it clear today that God speaks through different codes. And in this particular episode, I'm going to be talking about the sound code. You could also call it the Samuel code. Most prophets call it the Samuel code. This is the code that operates sound and distance, sound and distance. But let me just lay the foundation first using scriptures so that you get acquainted with the voice of God, especially when he makes sound. Now, God does not speak your language. God does not speak your language. God speaks his language, okay? Now, God speaks in sound codes, and then human beings interpret those sound codes to create their various languages, in their various dialects, okay? So, God is not going to speak to you in your language. He will speak to you in sound codes, and it's your work to interpret what God says to your language, to your ordinary language, okay? So, it's God that is the originator of sound. Men are originators of language, okay? So, language is the interpretation of sounds, you see? In Africa, we have so many sounds that we use for exclamations, for example. Ay-yay-yay-yay-yay-yay, you see? If somebody is so surprised, so amazed by something, they'll exclaim, ay ya ya okay? Now, in different parts of the world, the exclamations are so different, including the different sounds that people use or sound effects that they use to create certain meanings, whether they're exclamations or surprise or consternation or whatever else. And you realize that in Africa, if you go, ah, yeah, 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 everybody understands what you're talking about. You merely made sounds. You did not speak any language. You just created a series of sounds. And everybody gets to know, oh, yeah, you are exclaiming something. And if you hear a cat meowing, it's just a sound. But you know from the meow that the cat needs food or the cat is lonely, or the cat is angry, or the cat is troubled, the whining sound of a dog would mean that they're looking for attention, they want to be free from their kennel, or they need some food, or they're just happy wagging their tails, or they're curious about something, or they've seen something that they probably don't like. There's so many ways to interpret sounds. Okay? Now, in football, when a footballer has the ball, 
during soccer, a soccer game or a soccer match, and the referee blows the whistle, that simply means kick. It was a sound code. But to decode it, having been trained, you know that when the whistle is blown, you need to kick the football. Okay? And the same thing happens in many different places. Different sounds mean you need to do something. When your phone rings, usually it's a ringtone. But you know, someone is calling you. The phone didn't say, someone is calling you, someone is calling you. It just rang. But you've associated that sound, that code, to the fact that someone is calling you. Somebody wants to talk to you. And their way of announcing it is by ringing you. Do you see? Now, when I was growing up, I used to plow with oxen. You know, a yoke of oxen. And animals are communicated to mostly by sound codes. They understand the codes quite well. So if we whistled, for example, like that um, kind of whistle that moves upwards in tonation, that meant pull the plow, pull the plow, and the oxen would begin to move. And if I whistled differently, like going down, it meant stop. So the oxen would automatically stop. Now, if the oxen were agitated and I wanted them to be at peace, maybe to remove the yoke or to put the yoke across their necks or to tether them somewhere and I wanted them to stay still, then I would go like this. I hope you're hearing the sound. You're hearing that sound? All oxen would lower their heads and stay very still. So the sound codes are the sounds from which we develop language. So you can tell my first whistle that went upwards in pitch meant go. And the one that went downwards in pitch meant stop. And the one that sounded like a trill, a rapid alternation of note, meant stay still, calm down, calm down. Do you see? Now, our animals then start communicating with human beings because we have a common language, and that common language is sound code. Now, God Almighty uses sound code as well to communicate with us, and it's up to us. By depending on the Holy Spirit, it's up to us to interpret those codes to mean what God really intended. And for you to get the correct interpretation, you need to know the Word of God because the Word of God is God's wisdom. That's His way of communicating. Now, sounds are coded messages that need to be decoded for people to understand. Speaking in tongues, tongues are codes because you hear it, but you can't tell what the person is talking about. In fact, the one who speaks in tongues doesn't even understand what they say unless it is a prophetic tongue. If it's tongue, Tongues is a prayer language. And by the way, if you go back to uh, some of my last episodes in the season of the Holy Spirit talking in tongues, you can learn a lot about the different types of tongues. Tongues as a prayer language, tongues as prophecy, and tongues for unbelievers. Tongues that are used to win people to the Lord. Tongues as a prayer language is something you don't understand. First Corinthians 14 verse 2. 
if you go all the way to three, you know, your spirit, the one who talks in tongues speaks mysteries. No one understands them. How be it in the spirit they speak mysteries. They speak to God directly, they don't speak to men. You see, and then there's tongues as prophecy where Paul says that one or two or three people should talk in tongues and the rest interpret. And then there's tongues for the unbeliever where when you speak it, the person who needs to get saved will hear as if you're speaking their dialect, their language, and you'll be speaking the secrets of their heart. And the Bible says they'll bow down and say, over truth, God is in your midst. So tongues are codes, but they have to be decoded. They have to be interpreted. They have to be made ordinary for somebody to understand. Okay? So the one in duty, the gift of interpretation of tongues is the decoder of the tongue. So sound codes must be decoded. So spirits tend to operate by use of codes. And human beings tend to operate by use of language. Okay? Words that interpret those codes. Okay? Now when you're communicating with a huge group of people, it's always best to use signs and signals, which are actually prophetic tools and codes as well. Okay? Now, God is a master communicator and doesn't need to use your language to talk to you. He'll, however, use similitudes, visions, and dreams to give you coded or encrypted messages that you must translate. Those coded or encrypted messages must be translated, they must be decoded, you must decipher them, decrypt them, you must break them down or simply simplify them into ordinary language. Okay? So that ordinary language is what we call prophecy. When we have decrypted, when we have uh, decoded, when we have translated or interpreted codes to a language or to a format that you can understand, that format is what we call prophecy or prophesying. Okay? Now when Jesus knocks at your door, the Bible says he stands at the door and he knocks. The interesting thing is that he says he's knocking when in actual sense he says he's talking. So one has to decode the knock. So when he knocks at your door like this, three knocks, the Bible says in Revelation 3 verse 2, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. But look at what happens. If anyone hear my voice, so you have to translate that knock to the voice of Jesus. And what is he saying? He's saying, open the door. See, a knock on the door is a code. Even just naturally, somebody knocks at your door, they are telling you, open up. You are, they're not saying open using a language, but they're using a code, a coded language. You know about the Morse code, don't you? The Morse code, where they would just tap, tap a couple of codes and it would be interpreted on the other end. That's exactly how God speaks. When he knocks at your door, he's telling you open. But not only is he saying that, he's saying, I want to eat with you. I want to dine with you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to make you my domicile. I want to make you my dwelling place. I want to give you eternal life. He's saying so many things in just a knock of the door. Do you remember Peter? When Peter was in prison and Rhoda together with some people were praying for him. And Peter came and knocked at the door. And Rhoda, having heard Peter knocking at the door, returned to the prayer warriors there and said, look, Peter's at the door. And the women said, look, you're mad. 
Peter's in prison. And she insisted and said, he's at the door. And then they said, maybe it's his angel. The lady translated and interpreted the knock of Peter to mean that the voice of Peter was on the other side. She heard the voice of Peter. She decoded the knock. So Jesus knocks at your door. And the Bible says, if you hear his voice, not his knock. Look at that. You knock at the door. He knocks at the door. But he expects you to hear a voice. If any man hears my voice and opens the door. If any man hears my voice and opens the door. I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. So you have to know what that sound means. Why did I hear gunshot? Why did I hear thunder and lightning? Why am I hearing the sound of many waters? See, Jesus talks like the sound of many waters. Thunder and lightning in the Bible are answers to prayers. They come in as thunder and lightning. If you read Revelations chapter 5, although it's chapter 8, I wish I had time, then I would take you through them. You see, the cock crowing three times reminds Peter that he's denied Jesus. Just a cock a doodle doo three times. You know? No, actually, Peter denying the master three times and the cock crows only once. Yeah? It's not the cock crowing, pardon me, the cock did not crow three times. It's Peter who denied Jesus three times. And when the cock crowed, cock a doodle doo, then Peter interpreted that sound of the cock to mean you have betrayed the master and he went and wept and repented how did god speak to him by use of the sound of an animal sound codes and he quickly understood what happened and he moved quickly and went and repented those same codes mean the same thing today okay so when jesus knocks at your door you will start feeling an action, a moving in your heart, a sensation, and an inner voice. That knock is the code, and the voice is the prophecy. Because Jesus speaks prophetically. Angels speak prophetically. Even demons speak prophetically. All spirits speak prophetically. And that's why you need to decode the codes that you hear. Okay? You see, when Jesus knocks at your door, he expects you to translate or interpret that knock to a voice. He knocks, but asks for someone to hear him talking. Think about that. So what is he talking about? I've already mentioned to you that he wants to come into your heart to eat with you and you with him. He wants to feed you on his word and to saturate you with eternal life. He wants your life and his life to become one and he wants to make you his dwelling place the moment you answer him. Isn't that wonderful? Now, all that talk comes from three or four or more knocks at the door of your spirit or the door of your heart. So what's the door of your spirit? You see, the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And faith enters into your spirit. So the door of your spirit is your ears, the ones you use for hearing the word. And your eyes, the ones you use for seeing, reading, the ones you use for observing the different signs and symbols and similitudes that the Spirit of God uses when he communicates with his people. And in touch, your sense of touch, the sensations in your body and your senses, even your natural senses, sense of sight, sense of hearing, sense of touch, sense of smelling, okay? And what are the senses there? 
there is hearing, there is smelling, there is seeing, there is touch, there's feeling. Yeah. Touch and feeling are the same. They're five senses. Which ones are they? Okay. You know the five senses. Okay. All right. Taste. Yes. Taste, smelling, taste, smelling, seeing, hearing, touching. Yes. I've got the five. Yeah. God can use those same senses as codes to teach you something. You see, a code is something similar to someone, something else. And the Bible says in Numbers 12 and verse 6 that if there's a prophet among you, either Lord will speak to them in multiplied visions and similitudes. Multiplied visions, similitudes, multiplied visions, things that you see and things that are similar to something you're already acquainted with. Similitudes. Signs and symbols, really. Yeah? Dreams are similar to things you see on the face of the earth, though they are in the spiritual realm. Okay? So, it's so important for you to then understand that a knock stands for Jesus asking, open the door for me. So, as prophetic people, when somebody knocks at the door, yes, we open for them, but we immediately use that as a similitude. What is Jesus saying through that knock as well? Is there something the Lord wants to deposit in my spirit and I need to open my heart to receive it? The same way I've opened for this person, the door. So every single thing translates something in the spirit. So what happens in the natural translates to the spirit straight away because they're cold. And God is talking consistently all the time. He's ever speaking. And it's, uh, it's up to you to listen. The Bible says if you have ears, hear what the Spirit has got to say. And those ears are supposed to be so keen to interpret the codes that the Spirit of God uses when he wants to talk to us. Okay? Isn't that wonderful? So... What's the door of your spirit? Your ears, your eyes, your senses, you know, your mind, your emotion, your will. And he knocks through his word and through experiences of life. Not everything you go through is bad for you. Even the bad experiences are still the voice of God speaking to you. God talks all the time. It's funny that people expect him to yell, but he loves to use a still small voice. He, he likes to use impressions in your spirit. And do you realize that 90% of people getting married, 90% of people getting married know they're marrying the wrong person. But they're so attracted to that person, they're so in love with that person that even God won't convince them because God uses so many codes to tell the wrong person. The person themselves might even say, I think I'm the wrong person for you. But then they still persist. Well, we can make things work. We can make things work. God will use so many codes to tell you, you are marrying the wrong person. You are marrying the wrong person. You are marrying the wrong person. But because most people don't have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, they end up in unpalatable, unsavory relationships. And later they have to divorce. Sometimes it's a very painful separation or divorce because they never heard the voice of God. I pray for you that your spirit will be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't persist. He talks very gently and softly. You see, he's not a control freak. He's not a dictator. He respects you. When he talks, he speaks to you with a gentle, respectful voice. And it's up to you to listen. 
And when you do, everything goes well in your life. When you don't, things start falling apart in your life. So pay attention to the different codes. Let me give you an example. The Lord tells you, don't drive away. Stay home. Stay home. How does that happen? You get into your car, brand new car, brand new tires, and then you find there's a puncture. You quickly fix the puncture, and then the spare wheel also has a puncture. That's the voice of God telling you, don't go. There might be an accident out there. Something dangerous can happen to you. Don't go. Wait a bit. So at that particular time, if you're prophetic, you pray. This is what I do say, precious Holy Spirit. I've seen as if there's a donkey that I'm riding that is refusing to go. What is it? What's going on? And I'll pray in tongues. I'll begin to worship the Lord so that my spirit is sensitive to his voice. As I pray in tongues, he'll start showing me the path I was going to use and the dangers ahead. Then he'll give me wisdom on what to do, especially if I'm, if I'm going for an appointment and I shouldn't cancel the appointment. He'll tell me, use this other route or use this other route. Or suddenly somebody will send me a text message stating, oh, there's a truck that's broken down. It's blocked this particular route and everybody's stuck bumper to bumper, so don't use it. Go the opposite direction, even if it's a long route. The Spirit of God will help you. Even in the minor things in life, if you listen to the codes he uses, okay? He uses codes. Isn't that wonderful? Now, the voice of God can even be heard in geography. His voice will be heard in science, in geography, in history. In all these things that we think are ordinary, things that we think are not spiritual, he uses them to talk. For example, Psalm 19 verse 1, the Bible says to the chief musician, a psalm of David, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Now in the scripture that I've just read, the heavens recount or use numbers to code the weighty presence or glory of God. The glory of God is kabod and kabod means the weight of his presence and the heavens declare the weight of his presence. So what do we find in the heavens? The cloud. So every time you see a cloud, interpret that straight away as God's glory, God's presence. In fact, every time God appeared to Moses, he appeared in a cloud, sometimes a thick cloud, if you read the Bible. So a spiritual person immediately knows when I see a cloud, my interpretation won't just be, it's going to rain. No, my interpretation will be, yes, it's going to rain. But even that rain is a cold. Because the Bible says the word of God is like rain that falls to the earth and does not return void. It accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent. So the word of God is like rain. Are you seeing that? The word of God is like rain. And the cloud is the source. The glory of God is like a cloud. The weight of his glory. So the heavens declare the glory using the clouds, the sun, moon, and stars. The sun is a ruler of the day. The moon is ruler of the night, according to the word of God. And the stars show knowledge. Psalm 19 talks about these things, including salvation. So the sound from heaven, like thunder, lightning, the sound of rain, all those sound codes can be deciphered by you. If you open your heart and if you depend on the Holy Spirit, and you'll hear the voice of God with, within the rain, within the thunder and lightning, you'll hear the word of God. Within the, the sound of the wind, when the wind is whistling, like in a desert, you can hear the whistling of the wind, howling of the wind. You can hear 
when you are by the ocean, you can hear the roaring of the waters, the roaring of the waves. He talks like a roar, the roar of a lion. And if you pay attention, he'll start showing you scriptures that are connected to water, that are connected to the ocean or to the sea, and you'll have wonderful fellowship with him. He's knocking at your door. Hear his voice. That roar is him knocking at your door, the door of your heart. That thunder, lightning, that rain, that wind that's blowing hard, the sound of wind, that's him knocking at your door. Yes, there's the natural explanation, but please move on to the spiritual explanation, which is what will help you much more than the natural. Okay? So, the heavens are recounting. They're using numbers to code the weighty presence of God for us to read. You see, because the, the word declare in Psalm 19 verse 1 is the Hebrew safar, and safar means to count, to recount, to number, and to reckon, so as to relate or make easy to understand. So all the heavens are counting, recounting, numbering, reckoning, and relating or declaring the glory of God. The heavens are talking even now as I'm speaking to you. And that's what we call prophetic code number 16, when you use numbers to prophesy or numbers to tell what God is speaking about at any given particular time. Now, the heavens are representative of prophetic barometer. A barometer, of course, is that equipment used for measuring atmospheric pressure. Now, we also have prophetic barometer in the prophetic realm. This is where we measure what is in the atmosphere because God likes to use the atmosphere like perfume. Perfume stands for the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Song of Songs 1 verse 3, because your name is a sweet perfume, poured forth. Your name is a perfume poured forth so the church loves you or the virgins love you. In 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14, says, Now thanks be unto God who leads us in triumph and manifests through us the fragrance, the perfume, the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So perfume also stands for knowledge. Do you see? So that's a fragrance that is a code that means knowledge. So when I smell perfume, I just want to say, oh, sweet perfume. Oh, yes, of course, I'll say that. But in my heart, I know there is something God wants me to know. There is knowledge here. The name of Jesus is manifesting through that sweet smell. Do you see how he talks? And he uses the foolish things to confound the wise, by the way. It might sound foolish to you, but that's how he talks. He said so, that God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Okay? You get that. So Safar is accounting numbers. So the heavens are numbering the glory of God. They're using numbers to declare the glory of God. Yeah? So, the prophetic barometer, which is the heavens, are used to measure the activities in the sphere, especially in the exhaust sphere or ether, where the prophetic is most active. So, in the exhaust sphere, that place which is bordering the vacuum, the place where there is no more air, or the ether where the air is so thin and so light, ethereal, that's where the prophetic is most active. It is the celestial realm of dreams and visions. So that's the place where we operate from, okay? It's the, the place where you feel like you're half awake or half asleep. You're entering into ether, the prophetic realm or the celestial realm of the prophetic, okay? It is a place where you end up in a trance. Remember, Peter at some point felt hungry, but as he waited for food to be prepared, he got into a trance. He dozed off. That's the ethereal, celestial realm I'm talking about. 
And God showed him a vision, one of the ways he speaks. And that vision contained four-footed, many-footed beasts that were unclean, the ones that, according to Levitical law, were not um, meant for the Israelites to eat because they were unclean. And through hunger, God was speaking. That's called body sensation. It's another prophetic code. So uh, Peter felt hungry. And as he saw these things, that sensation under the sight was decoded in his spirit to mean rise up, slaughter, and eat. And he says, no, I'm not going to eat this thing. And God tells him, what I have sanctified, do not call unholy. And then he woke up. And the Spirit of God tells him, whatever I was showing you was about Cornelius. And his people are here, and they wanted to go and lead him to Christ. And those days, the Gentiles were not meant to interact with the Jews, because the Gentiles were seen as unclean. So God is using those beasts in a sheet as a code for the Gentiles. He didn't say directly, go to Cornelius. He trained him by using codes first. You see how God talks. Okay? It's so beautiful. So the celestial realm of trances and visions is a place where God will show you many pictures, signs and symbols. So that's the realm that numbers, accounts, reckons and makes plain the weighty presence of God. It talks through numbers. Now the firmament, which is the arch or the expanse, prophesies about God's words. Now the Hebrew word for showeth, the heavens showeth. You know, all heavens declare the glory of God. Safar, declare, numbers and all that. And then the firmament showeth. Yeah? The firmament showeth is handiwork. The word showeth there is nagad, and it means to decode or to make plain. To decode or to make plain. So, the firmament decodes or makes plain the handiwork of God. And the handiwork is yad, Y-A-D. Okay? Which means power, tongue, words, or works of the hand. Remember, in Proverbs 18.21, the Bible says, death and life are in the yad of the tongue, the hand of the tongue. So your tongue has its hands. So when you speak, the words you speak are like hands that have been gifted or hands that are deft, hands that know, hands that are skillful in doing something. So when you speak, your tongue operates as a hand that makes those things that you speak to come to pass. Okay? So nagad means to make plain the hand or the speech or the things that God speaks, the sounds that he makes. Okay? The firmament explains them. Isn't that beautiful? Psalm 19 verse 2 says, Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night shows knowledge. So the day has its sounds. So the sounds you hear in the day are the speeches of the day. And the sounds you hear in the night are the speeches of the night. Because the word uttereth in the scripture that I've just read, Psalm 19 verse 2, is Naba. You see, Naba is to prophesy. Nabi is the prophet. N-A-B-A-H. To prophesy. So day unto day prophesies speech. And the word speech uh, <laughs> is the, the Greek rema, the spoken powerful word of God. So day unto day utters rema. So when you hear different sounds, that's the rema of God. If you connect it to scripture, you'll have got the right prophetic word for that particular moment or that particular person or for that particular occasion or thing. Okay? So day unto day prophesies speech or rema. 
night unto night, interpret what Kuh did. The word showeth is the Hebrew Chava. Okay? Atareth is Naba or Nabi or prophesy. Showeth there is Chava, C-H-A-V-A. And it means to make apparent or to show openly, thereby decoding knowledge. So night is the realm of visions and dreams. It's the realm of knowledge when stars are mostly visible. Remember, stars stand for wisdom and knowledge. You know, the wise men knew Jesus was born when they observed the stars. The stars were the code that stated a savior is born, a king is born. And the wise men, because they had the wisdom of understanding the knowledge of the starry skies in the night, they quickly understood based on the movement of the star that a king was born. And the star actually led them. In geography, people can actually use the star to navigate through deserts. In the spiritual realm, we use stars as well to get to know what God is talking about. The way the wise men got to know that Jesus was born in, in a manger in Bethlehem of Judah. You see, Herod, who was not prophetic, couldn't decipher. He couldn't tell what are these stars for. Why are the stars acting the way they're acting today? in the sky but the wise men knew this is the sign that a king is born okay look at that so beautiful psalm 19 verse 3 says there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard there's no speech or language where their voice which voice the voice of the night the voice of the day the voice of the firmament the voice of the heavens what do you see so the heavens the firmament the night the day have a voice. And the Bible says there is no language that fails to decode the codes of the day, of the night, of the firmament, and of the heavens. How amazing. Wow. So that voice can be heard in all languages. But for it to be heard, that voice must be decoded. Psalm 19 verse 4. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words at the end of the world. In them has he set a tabernacle for the sun. Now, the line and words are the words of salvation. They are codes for salvation. Lines, their lines gone to the end of the earth, the longitude and latitude gone to the end of the earth. Okay? And they stand for salvation. They encircle the earth, bringing salvation to the earth according to the prophetic codes. And their words to the ends of the earth. How do I know? Look at Romans 10 verse 18. Paul says, but I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily. Their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. Sound codes, the lines and the words that you find in Psalm 19 verse 4. That's what Paul quotes to show that the Israelites have heard the word of salvation, and they need to hear. Remember in Romans 10, he says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You see, so you hear sound to bring you salvation. Glory to Jesus. So how is sound decoded? You need to depend on the Holy Spirit who will use his written word, the signs and the symbols, and more sounds to teach you about his voice. For example, I mentioned to you earlier that the sound of water is the voice of Jesus. The sound of wind is the Holy Spirit. It can also mean evil spirits because evil spirits are all breath. All spirits are called ruach. So ruach, Elohim, that's the spirit of God, the spirit of the creator. Yeah. Uh, uh, onuma in Greek, breath. So breath can stand for holy, hagios, yeah, or unclean. You see. 
So unclean breath or holy breath. So any wind stands for a spirit. Now you need to ask. The Bible says, Beloved, first John chapter 4, verse 1, don't believe every spirit, right? Try them, test them to see if they're really from God. So don't believe every wind. Not all wind is the wind of God. Okay? Now the sound of animals, like uh, when I mentioned to you about the cock crowing, that was the coded message to Peter. You have betrayed the master, repent. You've betrayed the master, repent. You've not betrayed, denied. You've denied the master, repent. You've denied the master, repent. But everyone else is hearing, cock-a-doodle-doo. Do you see? So now, when you're praying and you hear cock-a-doodle-doo, you need to renounce any form of denial. Or you need to know there's denial. Someone's denying something. Or someone's going to deny you. Someone's going to deny that they're in business with you. So cancel those things. God is speaking to you. Cancel them. You want to say, do you want to tell me that every time I hear these sounds, I need to, I need to do stuff like that? Yes. Because their voice is heard. Day unto day utter speech. Night unto uh, night utters knowledge. There is rema coming in the day. There is revelation coming in the night. So pay attention. Especially if it's persistent, it's not going away. If it just happens as a matter of normalcy, then that's okay. But if it's persistent, persistent, something persistent, something that's outstanding, that's a phenomenon, a spectacle, then pay attention. Especially if it happens twice, it needs to establish and it must come to pass. Things that persist are the codes of the Spirit speaking to you. All right. So you've got to pay very, very particular attention. The roar of a lion is like Jesus. He roars like a lion. Or the devil. The devil also walk, walks roaring like a lion, looking for someone to devour. Okay. Sounds of an engine will stand for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because an engine will not rumble without oil anointing. Do you see? So find out what the sound is similar to in the Bible. If you hear a certain sound, find out if the Bible talks about it and what the Bible says about it will be its interpretation or decoding, okay? Or decrypting. All right, my wonderful friends. I hope you enjoyed that. If you don't know Jesus, your Lord and Savior, and you're listening to me, please say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and rose again for my justification. Today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I receive eternal life into my spirit. I'm now saved. I'm born from above. Glory to Jesus. For the rest of you, please share this widely with your friends and favorite it as well. Okay? Tell other people to subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe so that they may learn these wonderful verities from heaven. I bring them to you because I love you. And because the Lord has asked me, has sent me as a minister, an apostle is a messenger. I've been sent as a messenger to bring you good news. Because the Lord loves you and he wants to extend and to express his love through me. And this is why I bring you these messages. I love you so much. I look forward to talking to you again in the next episode in this season of Prophetic Code. And I'm starting with Sound Codes. Glory to God. Have a wonderful time. My name is Joseph Helen. Bye-bye.